2: Hey everybody, Double G here from Fight Game Media, hoping that you've been able to check out our WCW 96 series, which was Patreon only, but it's now, we're, we're just loading those episodes up on this feed. Uh, next week, starting Monday, all of the podcasts come out on this feed. There's no more Patreon uh, last episode to go up on the patreon will be sunday nights power bombshells audio but other than that uh everything's coming here so hopefully you all are ready to hear the shows starting with the rap the boom dynamite show um in the clinch and of course what has been holding down this feed for a little while now which is scott edwards's five-star joshi show as well as all the bonus content, which will be weekend content on this feed, unless we do something a little more newsworthy, uh, like broken news. If if it's a news story that we feel that we need to get out, you may get two shows in your feed um, in one day. But we'll try and keep the bonus content to the weekends. And uh, John LaRocca and I went and saw the Iron Claw which will allow us to kickstart our popcorn and pile drivers wrestling movie review podcast that that is still the leader in the clubhouse for the title thanks and shout out to Brad for coming up with that one and we're going to start that in January so we I'm still I still would like to do more stuff with the listeners and and maybe get a round table after John and I finish our show our episode and get some thoughts from our listenership because I know we have a lot of movie heads in the Discord who are, you know, who s- sort of study movies like like we study wrestling. Um, all right, so over like I said, the this starting next week, you'll get all of the current shows that are on the Patreon, back in the free feed, no more Patreon. And uh, I still have six, counting this one, six more episodes I I believe of WCW 96 to catch us up so I'll be sprinkling these in uh, the the free feed this weekend and next weekend just to get everyone caught up and hopefully uh, you get a chance to listen to the episodes so uh, and John and I are going to finish that series out with Starcade, which is coming at the end of this month alrighty so here is our episode on WCW Slamboree 96 and tomorrow you will hear uh, the great American bash we had split that up originally into part one and part two I'm just gonna play both parts together so uh, and we'll get that up and then we'll probably just start sprinkling in the rest of the shows uh, over the next couple of weeks because we need to get to <laughs> we need to get to Stargate so we need to put put more shows up so all right here is uh, bree 96. John Rock, I'm so excited to talk about this episode of WCW 96. Slamboree, the Lethal Lottery, is our destination, but we're going to take it there kind of slowly because we have a lot of nitros to talk about, which start from the Monday Nitro after Uncensored 96. And I think the reason why I really enjoyed this episode Time frame of uh, Nitro is because they really dialed up the wrestling on this show with some of the guys that they brought in, and they still had their top acts except for one, and we'll we'll get to that in a second. But I don't know. This is my favorite portion of Nitros that we've watched so far. Yeah,
3: I thought they were pretty pretty solid. Like you said, wrestling wise, pretty solid. I think a lot had to do maybe because of Hulk Hogan's absence for his last few yes. months. Um, and I even don't know what he's even doing right now. I'm guessing he's filming some kind of movie, which you'll probably talk about, or maybe something else. I don't know. I see your, your little there's little a, crinkle, little smile well, there, I see. There's but,
2: a, there's a couple of things in the Observer that I don't even think come to fruition. Like mm. there's supposedly a movie that he and Piper were going to do together that I don't think ever came out or I don't even know if it ever got filmed. No,
3: I don't think he did a movie with Piper. I think think I'd
2: watch that one for sure. Yeah, yeah, that would have been uh, we would yeah. have known about that one. Uh, so actually let's start with Hogan because his absence is very much uh, you're aware of it and so he's not completely gone. So the first Nitro Post uncensored um actually he's not on that show. He's on the uh, wrestling, He he's not wrestling on that show. He's wrestling on the April 15th show against the Arn Anderson and the Taskmaster. Actually, no, I'm sorry. April 1st, <laughs> Hogan and the Booty Man versus Arn and the Taskmaster. Your favorite. So that, yeah, the, this act, this version of Beefcake, because I, re- I used to love Hogan and Beefcake together in WWF. This version of Hogan and Beefcake is <laughs> really bad. <laughs> it's
3: not WWF 1989.
2: No, no way. it's not. <laughs> Uh, And then Nitro takes a week off, and they come back, and supposedly there's going to be a rematch. But instead, Hogan changes at the last minute, Beefcake out of the match, and it's him against Arn and Taskmaster (laughs) in a handicap match. So this is kind of... I'd be very interested, and in, I'm going to do some reading post these shows and see if I can find the actual answer. But I'm wondering, because I don't remember which match it was, I, either one of the matches. They do this post-interview post, uh, post interview with, with Mean Gene, and the fans are booing so loudly that it, that they pull down the audience volume, and it's very noticeable. Yeah. And you can sort of tell Hogan's bothered. And I think it was Mongo mentions when he wore all black. And mm-hmm. I don't think he meant the reference that it was really w- would have been, which is he's mad because he keeps getting booed. But he was just saying like, oh, he's ready for war or whatever. He's got to be ready for war again. And I'm just like, yeah, this dude's probably mad because these, these crowds just over and over, like, they boo him and they cheer Flair and they cheer Savage. But he's clearly getting boos. And yet, this show doesn't even really exist if he's not on the card, if he's not part of the thing. So it's kind of this, you yeah. know, this interesting dynamic that Bischoff has. But yeah, so Hogan's gone. Like, he's just not there. like, But his absence is felt in a positive way for the shows. I'm not sure for the big picture for the box office, mm-hmm. though in hindsight, I guess pulling him off around this time frame is great because when he does come back, it is very meaningful. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I think the
3: fans aren't booing Hogan, the person, I think they're booing Hogan, the character that they're just kind of tired of seeing. Plus one thing about Hogan, in this era, which I didn't realize till going back and, watching these a few years ago now going back and watching these again is that man if i was a fan at that time if i was an older fan at the time seeing hogan now so skinny yeah <laughs> you know like he doesn't look cool you know like even when he had like he he always had the bald head that like, who cares about that but he was massive right i don't know to me he just looks kind of like he's like whittled down and part of, and then of course he's doing the shtick that's we've seen for you know, since nineteen, uh, was it uh, eighty one or whatever it was? He was doing eighty yeah. two.
2: Yeah. And so here's the, here's a quote from the from the Wrestling Observer. Uh, by the way, if you are listening to this on audio, we have the full thing on the Patreon on video, and there's graphics and such. So if you're a video person, it, it might be it might strike your fancy. But if you're not, audio is fine. We're, we're not we're not uh, hiding anything from from the audio folks. So Dave writes that it appears Hogan won't be around until August as he's taking time off to do a movie. There's a lot of sentiment that Hogan brought the company to a new level that they couldn't have reached without him, but that it's better for all concerned if Hogan only appeared on a few guest shots a year rather than dominating every Nitro and pay-per-view. Tentative plan is for Hogan to return on the August pay-per-view against either Scott Hall or Kevin Nash (laughs) in their new role. Although that will change 50 times between now and then. Yeah. In fact, if Monday ratings drop and they probably will, even though there's no head to head due to earlier time combined with it being light outside at 7 PM, that's the one that always gets, gets me is that the ratings somehow change because of daylight savings time. (laughs) It could cause a panic. And from that standpoint, Hogan's timing of leaving couldn't have been better. So this is late April in the, in the wrestling observer and I think the thing that interests me most about this quote is that it's pretty clear that without a change of scenery, without a change of character that the, you know, he, he may have become sort of a here and there guy, but because mm-hmm. he was able to change the character and that's, you know, that's still, we're still two pay-per-views away from that. Like he's got like this new life yeah. as a, as a wrestler. He's it's like a, a brand new guy. And it's pretty brilliant when he finally does it, but as of now, as of april may w c w the show's just better with him off of it, with him not dominating that main event slot. The wrestling is worse than ever. You could see how disinterested he's in. Mm-hmm. He's always put the figure four on awful, but he oh. put he put the worst one ever, i think, on i mean in, in, in his matches,
3: yeah it was like. <laughs> Hogan, like you were trying to
2: make it so you couldn't not like it, just was weird, right? Yeah, the 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 bad bunny put one on uh, at uh, backlash that was ten times better than like it. I think he literally said
3: like, it seems to go, do I put the leg on top? <laughs> leg on bottom on top or bottom? I think it was Kevin Sullivan, I believe he was added he was trying to do that on. And how
2: many times have we put the figure four on our friends and done yeah. it per and done it like pretty decently?
3: Oh, I could do it like right now. <laughs> um but uh <laughs> And why is he tenting on a poor Kevin Sol with the littlest legs on the mat? I know, it looks so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, they're thick legs, but they're short in length.
2: All right, so uh, let, let's move on here. Let's get away from, from Hogan a little bit. I, I want to go back to the wrestling, because... God, you know what? Which it Now it makes sense, because I remember I always would say, you know, there's a,
3: I really liked WCW around the time before Hogan showed up in NWO. Like, that was still pretty good, but people
2: always remember NWO, of course this the, is why i think yeah, this is why the the, bo- the box office as far as the gate is actually doing really well for for wcw at this time well don't forget at hogan i'm sorry savage
3: rick randy savage rick flair storyline is pretty strong and oh, yeah. then the house show business is up with them many vending, it, i believe
2: we're, so. we're, we're, we're gonna get there because this storyline man <laughs> it, it's heat it's some of it is very lazy like I, I think, um, you know, today when we watch wrestling, sometimes I, I feel like the story isn't easy enough just to digest and always has to be, like, way harder than necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, some You know, most of this is in AEW. I think WWF still does a pretty good job of dumbing down storylines. But this storyline with Savage and Miss Elizabeth, a five-year-old could find the logic holes in what's going on. Like, oh, Elizabeth still has this dude's credit card, like... <laughs> can't cancel a credit card <laughs> like the lawyers can't get involved <laughs> they're, you know. they're supposedly divorced and and she still has access to his private information like what's going on I but think... at the same time because there everybody remembers from 19 late 85 through 91 mm-hmm. that that act was great and so they're playing off of that act, that old
3: act. Couldn't she couldn't just say that like, she won a huge settlement with the like with the divorce and and she was the one that cheated on him and she still won, you know, man, maybe make you know, they couldn't do Rich that because of the
2: stupid DDP uh, storyline, probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Um, sneaky good wrestling matches. You had Benoit, you had Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dean Malenko against Jushin Thunder Liger yep. on just a random Nitro, but that th- those are that that stuff is great. There's a t- crazy uh, Steve Regal and and Dave Taylor <laughs> parking lot brawl that uh, literally a parking lot brawl and not doing like high spots on top of cars. It's like a little like these guys were like fighting and and almost killing each other. Dave, Dave Finley, Dave Taylor into being his. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, Dave uh, Fit Finley. Um, the my favorite sneaky favorite match, the Steiner Brothers versus Fire and
3: Ice, that was good. But my favorite, and I don't have a date because we watched it, we watched a s ton of nitros because there's a big gap between uh Super Brawl and no, Uncensored, excuse me, and Slam So we had a bunch of nitros, but my favorite sneaky match is the tag team match as well Sting and Luger versus American Males. <laughs> yeah, that match was pretty dope. Like, they just like. <laughs> It was like a shorter version of Sting and Luger versus Steiner, but just go out there and we're just going to do a bunch of like our moves. And I like the idea, like Luger, who's, you know, semi-heel, and him and Marcus Bagwell having issues, and Sting kind of – yeah, I liked it. But the, but they just kept hitting high-impact stuff. It was, yeah. you know, yeah, that was pretty well, awesome.
2: Um, there's a Public Enemy American Males match, which was pretty good for like a hardcore match too. And then there's uh, also Steiner's and, and Public Enemy as Mm -hmm. well that was pretty fun and you know public enemy is over with that crowd they do the one spot where uh the guys gotta lay on this table forever and they do like a combined splash uh, something on them i forget what they call it there's a name for it but the fans love the love that stuff but it's because it's the only match that that stuff happens in yeah you know there's only one really hardcore match every week and you know it's going to be the public enemy one but i used to hate when they would bring out the table
3: with them, and had like WW on it, I just like even then I was like, it needs to be more organic. And just all of a sudden, it's just they just have it out I mean, there. Why does the referee? They're, get te- rid of it? they're
2: telegraphing the bloodthirst for the fans. Yeah, like they still do it today. Like, is it pretty
3: wild bump for Johnny Grunge because Johnny Grunge is on the apron looking in the ring. Does the the opponent is on the table, and Rocker Rock hits the ropes. The ropes comes back, does a flip dive onto Johnny Grunge. Who then they both squish uh the opponent like they were doing on the house shows poor johnny grunge has to take that little back bump like what on the on like a, almost like a daily basis dude yeah. that's pretty pretty rough
2: yeah uh so yeah so really really fun really fun matches um and so th- there's also like this weird matchups like uh flair and in, in, in rotunda which is, you know, interesting cuz they're both heels at the same yeah, time and yeah. they're both cheating. <laughs> and so like you don't you don't really see stuff, you didn't really see stuff like that back in the day. That was more like a, you know, maybe like a dark match or something you would get.
3: That's what I um, liked about Nitro. You got these wacky matches like these just that was really fun about Nitro back then.
2: All right, so what about Eric Bischoff and Vince? We had this, you know, we've been talking about them a lot. And Eric describes why he's booking nitro the way that he does. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Like this version of Eric Bischoff, like a lot of piss and vinegar in this version of Eric Mm -hmm. Bischoff, young dude wants to change the course of, of, you know, the, uh, the Kodak of professional wrestling, like the brand name of what professional wrestling has become. And so he talks about his, uh his you know giving away wwe results and stuff and he says yeah that's another break the rules kind of thing i'm out to kind of reinvent what wrestling is if people want me to produce a wrestling show under the same rules same guidelines using the same formulas that have been done for years and years then they're going to be really upset with me because i'm not going to do that for wrestling to grow for us to get the attention of the masses of bodies I'm not talking about the hardcore obsessed fan out there, which is that that is a very interesting point that he made in 96, because I think that has actually changed. Mm -hmm. I think Tony Khan has a business because of that hardcore fan base. Um, But I'm talking about the people that make up the 3.0 and 3.5 rating for me to make this fun to watch. I've got to do things that are a little outside the box, so to speak. And one of the things I do is break the uh, is break the rules. Don't ever acknowledge your competition. Don't ever give away the results of a show that your head's up against. Then I'm going to break every rule that it's a, it's a fascinating thing because, you know, one of the, one of the things that these companies have, have failed to do in, in trying to compete with WWE is change the style of the wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, he was utilizing uh, some of WWF's old stars, which that's fair game. That's how WWF actually created their company. You know, the eighties version of their company was stealing already made stars from other spots, but the blink and you miss it kind of show um, the, the heat, the major heat that they were doing, the, you know, acknowledging WWE at that time, that's, you know, that was some pretty cool stuff. And I can, like, you know, when we're thinking about this one, you know, because we're still in our, uh, you're, you're still a teenager around this time, but I'm I'm in my, uh, I'm barely 20. Mm. So we're still young dudes, but that kind of stuff, not that it necessarily is like, oh, it's so cool that Eric is, is, is doing this. It's just edgy enough to where we're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And if you have a friend who was like, yeah, WWF was kind of cool when I was a kid. But I don't watch it anymore because I grew out of it. This is what Eric is trying to do. He's trying to bring you back. Yeah. The ten the 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 13-year-old wrestling fan who was like, Okay, now I got other stuff to do. Now that 13-year-old wrestling fan is 20, and he's like, We're cool, come watch us. Yeah, and then basically that quote that Bischoff said, Vince,
3: you know, starts thinking a lot of that same philosophy, right? Go so different. Break rules. Break their rules, right? Yeah. We had to be PG, family-oriented. Let's get a little attitude, and then the rest is history. Absolutely.
2: All right. Let's talk a little bit more about the uh, some of the, the storylines here. So, the Giant wins the world title. He beats Ric Flair on Nitro. This is a Nitro that was... Um, taped right i think it was taped yeah yeah and they were also early an hour early because of the nba playoffs so they knew that this show was already going to kind of get dusted by wwf in the ratings so they were trying to raise it up enough mm-hmm. by giving away this free tv title match and you know what i just thought about when when i when we were ta- when i was writing this stuff down WCW would make a joke about Mick Foley winning the title in a taped match, Mm. right? In in a taped raw. Like that was like, Oh, you know, they don't even, they they don't even do it live. And that was actually brilliant marketing from WWF because then they put the news all over their website. So their website gets all kinds of traffic. And then you tell everybody that if you're going to watch this show, you're going to see something special. So Uh, I thought, you know, that was kind of an interesting dynamic where WCW actually does this first, though, you know, they didn't have the access to the internet like you would even two years later where you could actually use the internet to broadcast that information.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I remember... uh, I remember seeing this result before. I'm trying to remember if I did or not. I think I did online, but I thought the match was good. I thought Flair did a great job with the Giant and... Made sense. I love the finish where Flair had the giant, in the figure four. The giant kind of just rises up, grabs him by the throat, gets out of it, choke slams him, wins the title. I like the giant as WC champ. I think he actually looks pretty cool with that belt on and everything.
2: He's kind of so. slim here, huh?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was uh, a pretty good athlete. You know, he took that one wild bump. That one. Like, he. I think he was trying to take like, a, a version of Steiner splash. Ends up like going all the way over the top rope. But he was fine. I mean, shoot, and he, used to, he would throw a drop kick. He'd come on top rope, even though they told him pretty much not, not to do that because he didn't need to. But he could if he really wanted to. He was, just,
2: yeah, he had. He was a special athlete. I was like the the giant slash big show. All right, so there's a moment on uh, one of these early early shows that we were watching for this slate of nitros where uh, it's Hogan against everybody, and all of a sudden the giant runs in and Hogan just picks him up and body slams him and it's like oh we're we're not even saving that huh we're just putting that on tv as a random run in and yet hogan probably knew where they were going mm-hmm. and he's in charge of his own st- uh, his own stories so in the back of his mind he's like if the giant's going to be champion i'm going to slam him before he is the champion so people know that you know, when I come back, I'm the rightful guy. I thought that was kind of interesting.
3: Yeah, it's his his game. I think that was the nitro before he was gone, right? Mm-hmm. His game. I'm sure. Maybe he thought, oh, we'll be business when I come back. will He ends up does facing the giant, but um, it's just, yeah, just Hogan politics stuff. But,
2: but I don't think like he wasn't missed. Honestly, Hogan was not no. missed. This time. And you know, you know what? The idea of him having to politic is like he really does because the fans are basically saying, okay, like this version of what you're doing, it's really boring. Bringing back your buddy Brutus, like that's it's not that cool. Like Brutus is not cool at all to us. <laughs> and so he probably feels like, oh man, like all of my greatest hits, they they're not working right now. So what is his next move? Okay, I'm going to go away for a little bit and I'm going to just wait for the opportunity to come back. Yeah, And that opportunity doesn't really come back because if you think about it, if Hall and Nash are seen as cool, that babyface version of Hogan coming back to fight those cool bad guys, it would have just been worse for him, I think.
3: Yes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he'd still be booed. But I think people would boo him, but I don't think they would uh, boo Sting and Luger and the Savages against... uh, paul and nash for sure but um yeah yeah that hogan he was smart we got, He has always been a smart guy when it comes to his business and wrestling so
1: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it Every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other
1: offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All
2: right. Let's talk about Savage and, and Flair because it really is like some of the best stuff going. <laughs> now, again, I have a problem with the storyline just in general because it makes uh, Elizabeth out to be like this like bimbo floozy. And as we know that that was not really her story in, in WWF. Uh, We are to, uh, we are to think that, you know, maybe Rick and woman, you know, that kind of got to her and was like, Nope, you know, it's all about the money and it's all about, you know, being cool and hanging out with the nature boy and stuff. So that's, you know, they kind of brainwash her. I think that's the idea, (laughs) but you know, she's, she is her own human. So I wonder, she doesn't look like she's really into it. Like she just, she 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 doesn't seem like she's super comfortable with the character but she's out there and she's smiling she doesn't have to do much rick is mm-hmm. carrying this thing the whole way even even woman you know woman will woman. get a few spots there and she woman's does do experience,
3: Yeah, she, woman's experience being a heel she yes. kind of like and kind of coaches her through we can tell right
2: but i think rick knows that okay you know, this, she's not great at this. So I'm going to carry all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, I think it's the go home show for Slambery. Uh, uh <laughs> Elizabeth looks so uncomfortable but Rick does this thing where he starts kissing her from her hand, all the way up her arms <laughs> and all the way on the, and Liz just looks so uncomfortable. But Rick, like if, if you are buying this storyline, Rick is just doing it to, Shoved up Randy's ass. And if you're a yeah. Savage guy, you're like, oh, I can't wait to see Randy kick Flair's butt. So what happens is his Savage is out of his mind because Rick keeps one-upping him and embarrassing him. And so he goes crazy and he he faces a Hugh Morris. And I think he gets disqualified because he yeah. won't won't stop kicking Hugh's ass. And these random baby faces come out. And they somehow, like, get handcuffs on Savage. Well, first, though, no, he
3: body slams the referee and drops the elbow on that. Drops but, up on the referee. Yeah. yeah. And then he gets handcuffed. Yeah. Yeah. So Savage is out of control. Basically taking Brian Pillman's loose cannon character and just taking. <laughs> yes. Doing it. Doing it himself. Uh, Savage we'll, is great.
2: we'll mention. We'll mention Pillman because yeah. there's some Pillman stuff, too. But,
3: yeah, Savage is. Fantastic, and it's so crazy when you see him in this run, this ninety five and ninety six run specifically. He still has so much in the tank, and Vince is like,
2: "Now nah, we got to move on." It's like, almost he, like he wants to prove, like he's proven it, right? He's like, "Oh, you wanted mm-hmm. to sit me down? I'm too old." Well, I'm going to show you, and he's but fantastic. Like,
3: it's weird. It's just, it's, it's. I guess Jim Cornette said it himself, like it's a Vince thing about the older guys, right? But it's funny because okay, I can see like. Hogan, your time has kind of passed, right? 93, they're like, okay, it's not working out. See you later. But Savage can still hang with these guys. And he was very unselfish as a performer,
2: especially putting people over and stuff, you know? Well, what was the match that turned out to be the main event of WrestleMania 9, but a lot of the diehard fans wanted, was uh, Savage and Bret as the main event? Because we watched that Royal Rumble, and we're like, oh, Savage and Brett will be really cool and then Savage tries to cover Yokozuna in in, in a Royal Rumble match. <laughs> I, he took a hell of a bump of the top rope
3: though, but yeah, it was
2: uh it was awkward. So this feud is doing Gangbusters for their house show business, but there I am seeing some some stuff uh in the in Dave's notes where he's like, "Oh yeah, uh rick missed this house show (laughs) that was kind of booked around him because uh his son uh uh actually this is i I don't remember if this is i think this is david david's actually doing some amateur wrestling so rick Hmm. is involved with with david i think because this is this is too young for reed unless reed is like a little kid wrestling no no because reed didn't
3: start wrestling in like 2000 no 1999 right is that when he's doing all stuff but um
2: I thought maybe Beth Flair was just a little upset because a woman in, uh yeah. Miss <laughs> Elizabeth, <laughs> But Savage is also missing house shows too. Like Dave wrote like, yeah, yes, nice. Savage just randomly missed this house show, just decided not to go. So there's still that stuff going, but that house show business is improving for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, Brian Pillman, let's get back to Pillman. Uh, he's actually gotten Bischoff to fire him, to let him out of his contract. And, his main goal here is to re-sign with WCW, but with WWF wanting him as well for real and raising the stakes of of his possible contract. But in in uh, just, you know, a horrible accident, April 15th, 1996, his Humvee flips. He's not wearing a seatbelt, so he flies 40 feet away from the Humvee. But they said if he was wearing his seatbelt, he would have been crushed because the Humvee itself is flattened. Mm. Now, I I still am amazed at how this happened. What what would this dude have hit? Uh, his ankle shatters. The EMTs basically tell him as he's as they're trying to clean him up and and get him you know into the ambulance. They're like it might be best for us to twist your foot back into place if you can handle the pain. Mm-hmm. And so he says, yes. And they twist his foot back into place because it was dislocated. Oh, that, that just got me the, like when I read that, uh, I was like, Oh man, it like the hair on the back of my neck raised. So, you know, Pillman's got the whole wrestling world in, in his hand. And he's got the drug problem, which is probably the reason for the for the accident. And now everything that he worked for is uh, is kind of in question, though. Because the Internet doesn't really exist yet uh, in, in the way that it would, he's able to kind of trick both parties into thinking he's not that bad when he's really, really bad. So you know this brand story, the Brian Pillman story will continue uh, at a later date because there's still more coming. Um, all right, but they Let's, acknowledge it on Nitro. Yeah, finish was like you know, get well, yeah, get well, with Brian Pillman who was in a bad car accident. Okay, so there's also this as Savage is or as Flair's dealing with Savage, Flair's still dealing with the giant. Flair is just intermixed in, <laughs> in all the top stuff. He's also got the hots for one Deborah McMichael, <laughs> and this is actually kind of brilliant. I think in that they they have this pay per view that they're doing this Lethal Lottery, knowing that okay, this is this gimmick is is kind of questionable. You know, we we have this pay per view. We need to do this pay per view, but let's also build up the Great American Bash, kind of at the same time, which is the next pay per view. Yeah, and so. Uh, Mongo is sitting at the desk and Bischoff is kind of being a dick to him because Mongo's kind of getting a little heated at first. Mongo's like, ah, oh, you know, my lady knows how to handle herself. You know, she knows the difference between, you know, me and and trash. And so he's, he's pretty confident, but then it keeps happening. Flair keeps finding Deborah, and he even like gives her uh, some champagne or or a drink or something. She pours it out. But Mongo starts to get heated and Bischoff is like, settle down come on and i'm like bischoff what are you doing like he's trying to be the baby face here what like why are you why are you killing his his
3: Bisch- whole thing eric bischoff comes off when it comes to deborah mcmichael and he and lays like like a like the virgin friend of the group oh <laughs> like he gets you know what i mean that's what he sounds like to me like when flair was approaching deborah he was like oh man you know like like bitch, is was a dork, you know, but I like Deborah. She had the, the the champagne and she starts teasing, giving it to someone in the audience. Cause she's sitting there like in some really poor, really bad seats, by the way. Like, you know, she's front <laughs> like, row, but she's yeah. like down the aisle. Yeah. Like, down the aisle. And then uh, there's this, this, she pours it out. And this one kid next to her, man, pops big. Yeah. He was like totally stoked about it. And I was like, all right, man, they got him. They got him.
2: The best fan by the way. And we'll, we'll get to this uh, at the end of the, of the show is, at the pay-per-view, the Slambury pay-per-view, when Public Enemies music plays, there's one fan who's like dancing his ass off, like just, like he's like, you know, he's he's the stereotypical wrestling fan who like doesn't go outside, you know, he's like that kind of guy, and I, the, the, I'm not saying that that's who he was, but that's who he is portraying, and mm-hmm. they keep this shot on him dancing to Public Enemies music for a little while, and I was like, that's not the fan you want to show guys. Wow. I, I got to go back
3: and see that guy because I felt like the slamboree crowd was just, they weren't really there. Just painted in seats. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The, they the didn't make a peep. So they, they had like half of a house up until like a week or two before the show. But I don't know. I will, I, I haven't read the, uh, all the after notes of, of, of that I'm yet. I'm guessing but, papered yeah, paper. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we, so soon we're going to get McMichael and a tag team partner against flair i think most people know it's going to be kevin green yeah uh, against flair and Arn. and what's interesting is in the pillman book pillman sort of feels like all the things that he did were you know he's people are trying to uh you know hogan is trying to beat him to kind of because he knows that the pillman juice, you know hogan's all about the internet brother like the Mm -hmm. wrestling observer is the dinosaur it's all about the internet brother (laughs) and um and also like you know like savage and and he sees these other guys coming in so he's kind of like you know what what are we going to do here i don't want to lose this steam and bischoff's like oh no we got this great idea for you rick flair needs a tag team partner for Steve McMichael and Kevin Green and you're going to be the tag team partner. So if Pillman doesn't get hurt, he may have been in the Arn Anderson role in this mm-hmm. tag team match for a Great American Bash.
3: Yeah, and I bet you anything he was going to be in the Pillman Sullivan role. like mean, Pillman Benoit role. Yes, absolutely. Which I'm guessing maybe he got the inspiration for that when he went to the WF and did a deal with Gold Dust and Marlena.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow, amazing stuff. Let's talk about your guy here. Lex Cold Luger. Total package
3: Lex Luger, the one in John Rock's top 10 favorite <laughs> wrestlers of all time. Oh, yeah, let's talk
2: about him. This guy <laughs> is on quite a run. Now, I was texting you because he has this match with Flair and he's overdoing it on the screams. You know, Lex is great for the screams. He goes, Over, he goes over the top on these screams. I didn't see it as a turnoff. I just saw it as him just like either being wired or having fun or doing. But he was just extra loud. Like I mean, I mean, and we saw that uncensored match where he's like he's going crazy in that match too. So this Lex Luger and Sting storyline, Sting's buddy, Sting's best friend, Sting's the one who believes in him. You know who else believes in him? Eric Bischoff believes in him. He's like, oh no, Lex is a great guy. This whole time being a dick,
3: <laughs> the leaded the leaving face, face announcer.
2: <laughs> and so uh, yeah. they have a They have a little bit of a, a of a change of storyline in here. It's a, you know to kind of change it. You know they got to figure out Sting can't be this gullible. But Lex's new thing is he's got these matches. <clears throat> he can't find his alarm clock because he keeps showing up to, to the matches late. What's going on with this? That? Is
3: so freaking silly, man. Yeah. He can't. Yeah. He can't make it. The stings. So questioning his, uh, his commitment. What's going on, man? Yes. Dang.
2: <laughs> God. Okay. So there's a match that they, that they book. They actually have to book this match two weeks in a row. I think it's two weeks in a row, or maybe it's every other, uh, the op, the, Middle, and then there's the, the other show. It's like that th- one one and three shows. But it's supposed to be Lex against the Giant. And he's got this world title shot on Nitro. And so the Giant comes out, and all of a sudden, Hacksaw Jim Duggan comes out. Imagine if you're like this diehard Lex Luger fan <laughs> as a kid, and you see Hacksaw come out in this title match. And you're just like, what? What's going on here? This is so dumb. This is wait—is this the one that they paid Booker T off? Jimmy Hart pays Booker T off.
3: Uh, I think this is it. Like they open Nitro differently. They don't do the—they don't do the intro, the the graphics. They open Nitro with Jimmy Hart running down, giving Booker T money, Booker T leaving. And the giant and luger post a
2: team, but all of a sudden it becomes a giant versus luger. No, the, so so the, that did that does happen. That's a week that, before, that right? is the week before, right? No, that is actually the first nitro after uncensored. It is it is the April 1st nitro. Okay. Because that f- confused the hell out of me. Yeah. And so it's like Sting and the Giant. They just have this brawl and then it's over and then That's what it is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank so so the, but they come back, so on the May 6th Nitro. It's supposed to be Luger versus the Giant. Luger's running late, so Hacksaw (laughs) replaces him, and so Giant beats up on Hacksaw. And then the fight. Then the next week, which is the go home, that's when the Giant and Lex finally have their match. And this match is just there to put the Giant over like crazy. Lex doesn't lose. They, I think, they both get counted out, or there's a disqualification but Lex actually does have to take the table Mm -hmm. and Flair's out there with Miss Elizabeth and woman. And this is kind of setting up like this interesting, there's actually four, four guys uh, with the giant and he's got sting at the pay-per-view, which would, they had actually booked before the giant won the title. It was just going to be some grudge match. And now it's a title match. Then you got Lex in the mix and then flair just lost the belt. And he's like, nah, I'm fine. I'll get it back. I can beat this, this giant, easy and so they you know they, they got those three guys as possible contenders for the giant and they're all in the mix on the go-home show from uh, from slamboree so i mean they're keeping everybody involved which is which is which makes it interesting right like i think when when uh vince russo was doing this well he would sort of have multiple guys in kind, mm-hmm. in kind of different storylines because you don't know which way it's going to go like there's actually some interest sometimes you want the ease like give me the story i want it to be easy i want to know what's coming and sometimes you're like yeah be a little bit more creative and i thought this was pretty creative uh i i I do think that a you know when you're running this pay-per-view the world title match of the giant and sting probably a little bit of a hard draw but i guess that's why you have the lethal lottery and then you have savage and flair together (laughs) in the tag match so uh, we'll talk about the draw in a second here, but uh, last couple things. Um, the blood runs cold promo. Yeah, like that one.
3: Yeah, it's cool to see. I remember being, I th- remember being cooler back then. But you know, I think man, I kind of know what
2: happened, so But but yeah, it's still a pretty slick looking graphic. And Hall and Nash are coming, obviously. And uh, the story going around was that the Road Warriors were pretty bothered. Uh, they heard when they heard the numbers on Hall and Nash, they were unhappy and wanted to go to WWF. However, the offer sheet they just signed required a competitor to meet the price, and since WWF doesn't guarantee money, they wouldn't meet the price, and the Road Warriors would have to s- have sat out for a while before making the move. So they decided to stay. So already, with Hall and Nash on their way, people are sort of feeling like, huh, they the the their pay the the. The, the pay structure is going to change here a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so this uh, this Lethal Lottery, this blind draw. On this blind draw, we end up with Flair and Savage on the same team. Of course, the luck of the draw. We yes. end up with Hawk and Animal on opposite teams. We end up with uh, Steiner Brothers on opposite teams, and they actually mix it up in the in their match. And then we also, uh, what what was one of the, oh, and then Public Enemy, the, the, they are picked on the same team. So, I, this uh, I, the matchmaking on this one was pretty interesting. I put the heat
3: on the Hooters, girls. I don't <laughs> think they uh, mixed the cards up well enough.
2: They didn't cut the deck yeah, well. I, I think you're right. I think, <laughs> I think Bischoff laid out the cards like he wanted, and he's like, okay, just pick them in the order that they are <laughs> but yeah that that was funny because they because me and jean's just going like blind draw and then he's like oh and savage oh Who my f- god figure <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah
2: amazing uh, amazing all right john on to the review of Slambery. now the only reason i'm going to mention this is because there is a video of this the audio people are like we don't even care but we recorded two segments well the first segment which you just heard and now we're recording the review on different evenings so for the video folks that's why we are dressed differently we didn't do like a uh cl- we didn't change our clothes like this is like the academy awards or something <laughs> it's just we just did it on uh, two different nights so Why do you, why do you need to explain this let the people go 15
3: minutes back like wait this is for <laughs> wait three seconds what you know <laughs> uh
2: okay so we wore our best for the second half. We did. <laughs> we should have put on, like, uh, tuxedos or something for, for yeah. this pay-per-view, man.
3: They didn't do the uh Hall of Fame awards like they used to do. <laughs> yeah, They're yeah. There the were, were no first.
2: legends except no legends. Paul Flair and Savage, I guess. Yeah, I get it. kind of the <laughs> legends of this show. <laughs> yeah, uh, so um, what did you think about that? Like, they kept the name, but they didn't keep the... The theme of the the previous Slambrings. I don't remember if '95 was Legends yes. either. That was one. That's that's when they surprised
3: Gordon Zoli with his award, and he didn't oh, okay. know. And that was basically his last day at the
2: company, I think, oh, or, something
3: or or soon after he was
2: pretty much done. Uh, yeah, I you know I remember the original one where I was like, oh, this is cool, and then and then I was like, yeah, this is cool, but I kind of want to watch the guys that I'm watching on TV. Mm-hmm. um but you know it's, it was an interesting idea is it not it, it was the opposite of what wwe would do so i you know in that sense it's like oh yeah try something different in classic WWE
3: fashion they had like a legends match i think it was a couple of legends matches on the first pay-per-view and i think one was like wahoo mcdaniel versus dick murdoch and it was in black and white <laughs> like these guys were color tv like you know they were in black and white at least i mean
2: wahoo maybe maybe a little bit but jesus come on people what are you doing all right, let's get to the show. Dark match, American Males against the Shark and Max, formerly Max Muscle. They did a three, a less than three-minute match. Uh, Max knocked down John Tenta by accident, and uh, uh, Scotty Riggs pinned him. And then the Shark turned on Max, and then he went after Jimmy Hart. And then Giant came down so he could choke slam poor John Tenta in just was- in, in the dark.
0: Yeah, or I, I guess the a, main
2: event show, right? It was it, on the main event.
3: Was it on main event? I it was, was a event. big fan. I was a big fan of Max Muscle. I liked him as the meathead buddy of DDP 95. And they just kind of dropped that. And which, which was just kind of a bummer because, you know, you you tell he was always getting kind of picked on by DDP. And it was going to build
2: us something in every day. So, poor, you know, poor Max.
3: I was, I, I always had... I hope for Max if I was booking then Max would have been <laughs> it would have chance. been
2: Max muscle winning this battle royal yes yeah, yeah. yeah, right all right let's get to our nope. star our our star ratings and our review because John is going to predict what <laughs> big Dave gave some of these matches and you know we had a We had a a humdinger of a pay per view for star ratings at the last one with the uncensored show, so we're back with some more uh, low star ratings here from from Dave. Okay, so as we explained, these matchups were actually uh, they they couldn't have been you know just drawn just by random. Like they specifically put these teams together. So, that the fans would actually have some interest in some of these matches. So, in match number one, you got Road Warrior Animal versus Booker T. I'm, I'm sorry, and Booker T versus Hawk and Lex Luger. So, the star power in this match, pretty, pretty tremendous to open the show. It only goes uh, six, uh, seven minutes. And the finish, like, if you're like, oh, God, I, you know, I want to see these guys move through. Well, you're, it's unfortunate because you're going to be sad after this match because neither of these teams <laughs> went through. Um, it was a what was it a double countout count out yep. f- for for both teams, and I guess Hawk was uh, injured. He had the, he had a messed up foot, so that's why he didn't wrestle in this match at all, and probably why Animal and Hawk didn't fight because uh, they were covering up for uh, Hawk's messed up foot. And it's like, then what? Just take them off, you know. Just take them off the
3: damn pay per view because what a waste. Yep. And the first match on this pay per view, they're trying to like, oh my god, the Steiner brothers gonna could wrestle each other, a uh, Flair and Savage are on the same team, and on the first match of the pay per view, the War, World Warriors don't even touch. Nope. They they, they act stupid. They they become idiots to begin the match. They're like in the same corn together because they're used to being partners.
2: <laughs> well, then uh, Heenan Heenan was covering up for them, right? Heenan mm-hmm. was like, you know, they're used to being on the, the same team, so they're going to have this routine, and now they have to break that routine. He was like, kind of trying to explain it that way. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it was it was a cool matchup. You had the three stars and the young, the young and up and comer in, in Booker T he's, I mean, he's legitimately just as big as these dudes are. So it was kind of mm-hmm. cool. And then you just get the wah 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 finish. And all these guys are done. I mean, four at the, least four of the best guys in the toll tournament and that, and they're all one fell swoop. They're done. At least Luger could have turned on Hawk or some
3: kind of deal where Booker T gets the pin on Hawk. So at least you have some star power in the battle Royal with Luger yeah. And you have the up and comer, uh not Luger. Um uh, you have uh, uh sorry, the up and comer uh, and Booker T Rising Star, and you have a a, a legend like animal in there, you know.
2: Public Enemy beat Chris Benoit and Kevin Sullivan. Uh Sullivan walks out on Benoit, Benoit eats the uh the public enemy sandwich, and he is pinned by Rocco, you know, for a four and a half minute match you had the team who's used to working together. So they got to do some spots together. You know, Benoit's just kind of in there to lose. Cause he's not really, he's not, he hasn't stood out yet from the star power perspective, but he's in there cause he can wrestle. And so I was fine with this. I was, you know, it, it's, it's still weird watching Chris Benoit wrestle and, you know, mm-hmm. this day and age, but you know, he's, he's, he's not really pushed other than kind of as like a, a good mid Carter in WCW yet. So this was, this was fun for what it was. I thought,
3: and yeah, it was fun. And with uh, Sullivan in there with the public enemy and the public enemy used to having these extreme matches in ECW, Sullivan got to turn up the gear a bit and be really aggressive and physical. This is this is what gr- good brawling looks like. The only thing I didn't like was that Chris Benoit is not really d- distracting referee less The referee was distracted by Benoit and I think rock or rock fighting or whatever, but... Uh But the first match, we didn't say the
2: first match. Yeah, I, was... I already screwed. I screwed up yeah. the gimmick here. What, yeah. what, what is your star rating for the first uh, match? Neg dud. You very close. Very close to dud. The the uh, the main event match or the dark match was was dud. This was one quarter of of a star. Wow. Okay. All right.
3: And this match here, I'm gonna say for me,
2: it was. A solid two stars, yeah, I, that's what I was thinking too. But Dave, uh, Dave, it was close, Dave had it at a star and three quarters. Okay, not bad. All right, Rick Steiner and the booty man versus Craig Pittman and Scott Steiner. This was actually pretty fun, and they gave it a little bit more time than the other two matches. Do you think uh, so-
3: the booty man looked around the lo- in the like in the curtain with these four, three other guys and could? Getting- Oh, shit. <laughs> like, either one would just take my head off for real. Do you think he had a little gimmick in his pocket, just in case? A little razor,
2: you know? Uh, I don't know how prevalent cell phones were back then, but he would have had Hogan's number on speed dial.
3: You know what, yeah. though? He probably just was cocky as hell because he knew who his buddy was, right? Mm-hmm. Even when even messes with the booty man, it's going to get the boot. Yep, exactly.
2: Um, like I said, pretty fun because... Scott and Rick work together. Uh, Pittman's hitting hard. Rick's mm-hmm. hitting hard. Uh, Bootyman is is not the uh, he's not the he's not the most popular guy in this match. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so uh, Scott or uh, Rick wins with a German suplex on Pittman to win the match. It was weird
3: because Pittman was trying to like get the ropes to kick out of the German. So he was moving his shoulders a bit, but he got pinned. Thought that was kind of silly. But all in all, I do like Craig Pittman. I, I always feel bad for the guy because ninety five, he got a good push. And I always thought he's going to be the TV champion. And then I don't know, maybe because Hogan and friends came, and he was like not part of that inner circle, so he got his push got the uh, deep deep pushed, I guess. And then um, so yeah, I, I like I always like Craig Pittman. So I'm gonna get this big, match. Big dude too. Yeah, and legit, legit badass. Um, I'm going to give this match two,
2: two and a quarter. That's exactly what Dave gave it. All right. All right. Uh, Rotunda v- as VK Wall Street and Hacksaw Jim Duggan beat Regal and Dave Taylor in less than four minutes when uh, Duggan's gimmick of <laughs> pulling the tape out of his trunk's Wrapping it around his fist, even though he didn't really get it around his fist, <laughs> it was just all over his arm mostly. And then he, he he throws the knockout punch, knocks out Taylor. Uh, you know they they were hot for JY or JYD. They were hot for Duggan because of the where they were, yeah, uh, in in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, but at the same time, he overshadowed, uh, especially Regal and Taylor, who are actually a little I mean, kind of a push act. Uh, and so I don't know. It was it was hacksaw. I had the same feeling when I, you know, when I was watching the the giant and against Lex Luger, and then I see hacksaw coming out. I was like, oh come on! And that's why I said same thing when hacksaw got the win. Even though I knew he was going to get the win, I was like, oh, come on, we got some, we got some good guys on the other side.
3: I believe I mentioned this on the podcast before. One of our various podcasts we talked. You know, we, I think we covered Steve Austin's rise. Um, I always liked hacksaw Jim Duggan. A favorite of mine in WWF later on I loved this stuff in mid-south. But damn, when he beat Steve Austin in yeah. 20 seconds at Fall Broad 94, I just always disliked him from then on. And uh and I hated this Tate Fist gimmick. I just yeah. absolutely could not stand it. If I was voting at the Wrestling Observer Awards that year, he <laughs> would be the most uh, that and most overrated wrestler too. I <laughs>
2: Dick Slater and Bobby Eaton beat Disco Inferno. And Alex Wright, Disco Inferno, looked like an absolute goofball here, dancing Mm -hmm. and then getting knocked out in the back of his head uh, with the the cowboy boot from from Dirty Dick. And this one was uh, just under three minutes. So really quick, I don't think that the fans at this point were like, you know give us some guys here like mm-hmm. you know the the, this, the disco inferno at this point is not really over with this crowd and you know slater's kind of in and out beautiful bobby's doing a, a different gimmick than than uh, than his midnight express gimmick so this was kind of the match where they were like okay like we just need to get this one over with
3: yeah the match before though i'm gonna say star dud D- oh, that's good um i was giving stars to other guys <laughs> again, um, in this match here yeah it was what it was dick slater was definitely a shell of himself at this time probably the back injury is starting to really really hurt on he's probably wearing a back brace i think with that whole outfit the shirt and the pants i mean hardliners was five
2: years before this yeah so that's kind
3: yeah. of a long time uh preview of the dancing fools though future dancing fools in WWE, which was like a a random put together mid-card act that people enjoy that of course they did nothing with because they got over (laughs) a little bit uh, with disco first Alex Wright. But I'm going to say this match, that was a dud negative star, negative quarter star, negative quarter star. I thought Bobby was
2: work doing his best to kind of keep things going in here. He, he is getting older. He's getting older. It's, you know, if, if, uh, I remember watching him in 91 against Luger and I thought he was still really on his game at that point. But again, Mm -hmm. we're five years later. Yeah. So he's a little bit older there. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, who gets into this tournament. We don't even really know how. I guess it was uh, Bobby Walker. He took Bobby Walker's place because like Lex Luger had beat him up on on one of the Saturday shows or one Mm. of the weekend shows. So he's back. He was only off of one pay-per-view cycle. actually, not even. He didn't even miss the paper. He just missed the TVs, at least the Nitros mm-hmm. uh, and the Barbarian against Ming and Hugh Morris. The Barbarian and Ming stuff was pretty fun.
3: Oh yeah, they went at it. And started just fighting each other because they're they're just badass men, and they don't you know they're just fighting to get a shot at the title or whatever it was, the
2: gold ring. So yeah, like I like Hugh Morris I always liked as well. Yeah, and so they did the double pin gimmick where um, so the Barbarian has Hugh Morris pinned after a boot to the face, and Meng has DDP pinned, mm-hmm. but uh, DDP had his foot under the ropes, and so the referee counted both pins, or it looked like he counted both pins, but he only really counted the one, and uh, and so DDP and the Barbarian move on.
3: Yeah, DDP hit like two diamond cutters at the time that people haven't got with it yet. So, you know, a lot of diamond cutter night. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the there's these matches, these crowds just sat in their hands, you know, for this match here.
2: Star and three quarter. Star and a half. All right, all right. All right. This match was really bad, though I still like this tag team. Scott Norris and Ice Train. Big Bubba is back. He was not on his A-game in this match. They were not really on the same page with what was going on, so he's taking, like, these weird bumps. (laughs) Um, And Stevie Ray is on his side. Um, So uh, Bubba got a double shoulder block and was pinned, and it was very quick, three and a half minutes. Dud? Minus a quarter of a star. Okay, yeah.
3: Yeah. I wouldn't tell Scott Norwood that though. Yeah.
2: I <laughs> hey, stars. I would I would have told them that hey, you guys were the good part of the match. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um Big Bubba, where was he? Like they he was unannounced unless they had announced him on some of the weekend stuff. On I, I, he, I don't remember him on Nitro. Them talking about him on Nitro.
3: It must have been on a weekend drawing or something like that. But Big Bubba, uh, now he they he's got rid of the suit and tie and now he's biker Big Bubba, which
2: yeah. was a, which was a pretty cool look I thought. Yeah. Different facial hair as well. Mm-hmm. All right. In the match that everybody was waiting for here, Ric Flair and Randy Savage against Eddie Guerrero and Arn Anderson. So they do this very, uh, very interesting intro where Flair's music gets announced and he doesn't come out. Then Savage's music gets announced. And so Heenan's like, oh no, like, what did mm-hmm. he do to Flair? So you're kind of wondering what's going on with Flair. But what's going on with Flair is he kind of outsmarted Randy by having Randy go in the ring first because his good buddy Arn Anderson's on the other side. So Randy's in the ring, and Arn Anderson starts stomping on Randy. So Rick comes in after his music plays again. He runs in, and it's a horseman beatdown with Rick and Arn on Savage. Eddie kind of gets involved, Uh, but that's kind of the, the story here is that you know, they, they're trying to beat up Randy as much as humanly possible. Yeah. And uh, so what happens is, is that Arn Anderson DDT's Eddie Guerrero, and he throws Savage out. So Flair pins Eddie. So we get, we get some Flair and Eddie stuff, which was pretty cool. And then they go crazy again, and Flair and Arn are beating up Savage, and then uh, Elizabeth takes a swipe at him. And so the heat's crazy. People are going, you know, going nuts for this stuff. And then Savage gets DDT'd again. Like the amount of heat they get on Randy Savage in this feud is incredible. Like yeah. he he really is not getting anybody back yet. Mm-hmm. And it's just building and building and building. And I, I almost to the point of where I'm like, I wonder if it's like. I wonder what they had to do to tell, Sa- uh, unless it was Hogan just being like, dude, just keep taking it or something. Cause at some point, uh, he's like, again, <laughs> you guys are going to kick my ass again. Well, I, I think Savage know what they're rebuilding to. And I think
3: that was the great record bash match I think yeah, they have. Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, gosh, cause it wasn't really much of a match. like, cool so is stuff. Flair wrestling on, in the bash? I think so. Twice? Oh, no, he's in the tag match. He's in the tag match. So is yeah, it I mean, giant? Is it- Amazing television deal i don't know no giant versus Lure i think it is um, okay yeah
2: i this just just to, i mean this is a shoot that i don't read ahead i'm trying or, to remember watch ahead. something I, happens and then I you have watch it fresh eyes
3: let's just bash at the beach anyways uh this match here there's some cool stuff with flair and guerrero hooking it up for a little few minutes um i'm gonna say two and a quarter it is three and a quarter Dave's freaking nuts. Dave loved this thing. Maybe the maybe the craziness. He gave the stars the craziness of Savage and Flair.
2: All right, Dean Malenko uh, against Brad Armstrong uh, to retain his Cruiserweight title. Fans weren't really into this. Malenko is um, really good, but his character isn't over because he's just stone-faced the entire time. Uh, Brad Armstrong, you know, always... Good, good wrestler, but
3: not featured on television. Not featured.
2: But, we hadn't seen him in a long time. Yeah. I didn't even recognize him because uh, he didn't have any facial hair whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it was it was good stuff. And I, you know, I always kind of wince when Malenko does that backbreaker off the top rope or off oh, the, the, the middle rope, br-
3: the gutbreaker. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Because the way that he jumps off, I always feel like he's like gonna like break his ankle or something. Like the way that he. he or his knee, right? If
3: the he like I lands wrong on his knee. Yeah, yeah just yeah. it just
2: looks like there are there are leg muscles and ligaments that are just ready to burst. But I I don't remember him ever getting hurt doing that. So he must have been it must have been safe. And Brad's a big dude too, to be doing that. You know.
3: Easy to do the Mysterio, but Brad's a big guy. So this match here, I'm gonna go. Crowd wasn't into it, unfortunately. Good wrestling, but I'm gonna say two two and a half. Two and a half right on the money.
2: Yeah. All right. So we get Slater and Eaton against Duggan and Wall Street. Why is there a tournament? I thought it was just you win the matches and go in the battle. Yeah. I don't know. I think they changed the rules of this thing like a few different times. Uh, So Eaton, schoolboys, Wall Street after Duggan wouldn't cheat with Wall Street. So instead, Duggan punches his partner in the face. You know. A lot of the stuff that Hacksaw would do to be a good guy was actually like a lot of the dumbest stuff at the same yeah, time. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. he doesn't want to be a heel, so he's not going to be a heel. And instead, he just hits his partner so he can lose the match. Like, well,
3: yeah. should never been Hogan's friend to beat Steve Austin. Fucking <laughs> it's fall brawl. I hate that. Um, psh, negative star and a half. Negative, or negative one. half star. What?
2: Negative one. Negative. Oh no! Negative Okay uh so then uh public enemy gets all the way to the actual battle royal because savage and flair uh were uh were disqualified uh because or they maybe they were counted out but they, they were they didn't make their way to the ring because they were yeah. fighting with each other and so more heat happens yeah. um so, so, yeah, so <laughs> no, 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 no matter, really. no yeah, yeah. Uh, so then DDP and the barbarian beat the booty man and Rick when the barbarian pins the booty man after Paige. Uh, Paige broke up. Uh, I forgot what what booty man had had the barbarian in, but Paige came in and like hit him with an elbow in the back of the head or something. And that yeah, was like the a finish.
3: yeah, like a Boston crab or some kind of hold. Um, yeah, um, shit. um
2: quarter star half of a star oh huh. you date you and dave are, are on the money
1: mm.
2: okay so i have a a two minute and 30 two minute and 40 second uh video that i'm gonna play here and the here's the setup so conan is in the next match and on wrestling observer radio a few weeks ago i asked conan about his time in this era of wcw not in the nwo era of wcw but just he, he's coming in he's the mexican champion. The fans don't really know him. Obviously in AAA he's like this humongous star. And i just asked, you know, I just wanted to ask him like, you know, how you know, was WCW receptive to him? Like, you know, what was going on there? So let's play uh this uh, this clip from Wrestling Observer Radio with Conan, myself and Dave. Dave Dave doesn't actually talk on this, but if you're watching on video, you get to see him watch us talk, I guess. <laughs> So Conan, I've been watching a lot of WCW 96. And so you come in uh as the Mexican heavyweight champion. I think they bring in Mike Tenay to do the commentary. And my my question is more based on you're obviously a, a giant star from where you came from coming to WCW. Uh to your audience, you're bigger than most of the guys are in wcw to their audience um what was the transition like did were you looked at as like this giant star like did bischoff respect you as one in bringing you in and kind of what was it like to be kind of at the cusp in the u.s scene of like this you know it's it's starting to grow and and it becomes you know the attitude era
1: yeah bischoff um really never gave me that respect. We get along by the way, but he never gave me that respect cuz he didn't follow lucha libre. You know, like when I was doing lucha libre shows in Tijuana, I remember Dave used to come down way back in the day with Tane used to go down there too and all the guys from the torch. Like Dave was way ahead of the just like he was one of the first guys to jump on the UFC thing, you know. Um but Eric really didn't know anything. He was basically talked in bringing me in by uh Kevin Sullivan. You know, and they originally wanted me to wrestle Hogan. and We were gonna have one match in the United States and one match in Mexico. And they actually gave me the US Championship really quick against one man gang, who by the way, was very difficult to work with because he didn't want to do the job. But um, I was a big problem because they assumed I knew American wrestling. It's like when I went to ECW the first time, Paul Lee put me in, I forgot the guy's name, with this American guy and the match was terrible. And I was like, bro, I don't know how to wrestle American style. And he goes, well, you speak English. I go, yeah, but I was trained in Mexico. You know, I go, you got to bring me some Mexicans. I don't know how to wrestle this style. And that's when I came in with uh, me and Ray Mysterio against Park and Psychosis, which is actually a very good match. But um, uh, when I went over there, they gave me the U.S. championship. I think they had really high hopes for me. But I didn't know how to wrestle American style and I had to like deprogram myself, you know, to learn the American style. And I think they kind of gave up on me as pushing me to the moon really quick. So I think it was also, you know, Eric had a lot of cultural ignorance and I didn't know how to wrestle the style. So you put those two together and that's kind of, I think, what happened. All right. So there you
2: have it. Conan explaining his his early 96 run. So that explains Kind of what we saw in that match with uh, with Eddie, who can wrestle Lucha, but he's been wrestling in the U.S. A- a- as well. And Conan basically saying, that, like, yeah, like, I was a rookie to this style. Of course, I was not going to be good at it. I did like the shade on the one-man gang, because the one-man gang didn't want to <laughs>
3: lose to him. And that match was not- those matches weren't good.
2: No, they weren't good. Yeah. So, in the surprise of all surprises, Jushin Thunder Liger... And Conan, I literally did not even know that this was going to be the match. I knew Conan was on the show. I didn't remember this match. And here is the craziest thing because Conan's the Mexican heavyweight champion. Jushin Liger is the same size as this guy. Like they're like literally the same size in the ring. And historically, Jushin Thunder Liger, you know, he's a junior heavyweight. So uh, interesting match. Uh, They were able to do a lot of stuff that the American wrestlers weren't doing on this show the the you know yeah. it, it needed a, uh, some high spots here and there uh but yeah you know two different styles and never get sick of a jushin jushin liger match what'd you think about this one what was the time of this match the time was nine minutes and 30 seconds all
3: right see a lot better a lot better time than they gave him and eddie grail so when they get that was too much time for Conan, this is about a good amount of time a lot of mostly just actions and spots moves. So knowing Dave, there's love for Conan at the time. I'm gonna lucha libre. I'm gonna say he gave this match three and a half. Exactly right on the yeah. money. Uh, but yeah, th- this is a weird booking because we just saw Liger lose to D- Malenko and Nitro. Yep. So very strange. But cool to see Liger Liger, cool to see Liger in the black, which he was at the time wrestling as a heel as part of the junior horseman, which you knew who was in the deck. Say that again. You know who's in the four junior four horsemen? At the, no. It was Chris Benoit, Wild Pegasus, El Samurai, and Black Tiger Eddie Guerrero. Mm.
2: So I didn't know that
3: that was their name. Yeah. They're like kind of junior horsemen or something like that. Yeah. It's weird. They were Okay. Doing four horsemen signaling and all that stuff.
2: So a Conan wins with the splash mountain, which, um, did they call it the power drop or something?
3: It's the splash mountain, but Mike said called it splash mountain, but he's also called it something else too. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right, so uh, then we get to the interview with Flair and Arn and Steve McMichael, so they're setting up this Kevin Green match. Pretty pretty cool segment, but, you know, Mongo and, and Kevin Green, they're not exactly sure where to stand. They're kind of in the way of the camera. I kind of uh, like that. Uh, yeah, no, 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 it, it was totally fine, but, you know, I was like, I just kept peeking my head over the TV, going, "Okay, where's Flair? Where's Arn? Are they watching the- Like, Like, what, what are they? Are they seeing these guys?" Yeah. Uh, but Kevin Green was, you know, he he's still playing football at that time, so he's a star. And Rick's like, up. "Rick's like, yeah, anybody." So in the back of my mind, I'm like, "Oh, if he said anybody, I'm I'm picking Hogan, just knowing the game." But Michael's like, "Oh no, Kevin Green," and Rick's like, "No, no, no." I said, you know, he had to be at he he couldn't be active football player He had to be retired. And so uh, I thought that was uh, that was kind of cool. And then there was a a shot, a little shot from Rick. He's like, who are you going to bring in? Lawrence Taylor, (laughs) who had just (laughs) main evented WrestleMania 11 the year before.
3: Yeah, they could at least, I don't know, establish Kevin Green there. In his pay view,
2: he's wearing the Carolina Panthers. uh, Yeah. Polo shirt.
3: Yeah, but I liked how it wasn't shot perfect. Like nowadays, everything is like everyone has their mark. You can yeah. tell. And I like the 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 spontaneous of this. So, yeah, it was cool. I liked it.
2: Uh, and he had sh- taken off the long hair because when he was playing, uh, he would have played with the 49ers the year before, I believe. Mm. And I think he played 95 with the Niners. He still the long hair. So he goes to Carolina. Yeah. And now he's got the short hair. Yeah. He looked so cool with that long hair, though. Yeah, he did. He did definitely. Do you think he grew it back? I can't believe he's gone too. He's a guy that's gone. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Uh, so DDP wins a very lifeless battle royal. A very starless God, that's battle a royal.
0: Description.
2: Um, those you know, I like Barbarian. I've always liked the Barbarian. Same. He's just a cool dude because he just looks like he's he can kick anybody's ass. And same with Ming, but Ming's, you know, Ming didn't make it. Uh, and it comes down to DDP hitting cutters or hitting diamond cutters on everybody. He pins uh, Ice Train with uh, uh, his sh- Ice Train shoulder was actually on the Barbarian, I think, but they tried to <laughs> make sure that it was on it was on the ground. And then he has this little, you know, I don't know, it was like a two minute match with the Barbarian, which was actually pretty mm-hmm. good. You know, they actually got the fans interested in you know maybe the last thirty seconds of it. But when DDP hits that last diamond cutter, they were like. Oh, he's gonna win! Yeah, <laughs> that, like that was
3: the reaction. What I wonder if it's because the Lords of London thing, but because Animal could Animal get a way of wrestling a battle royal instead of uh, a tag team match? I don't know. Because would have been better if he would have made it to the in there and it was just it was Animal, someone that people know versus Wait, you know, He's Not
2: gonna take that pin. No, no,
3: no. He doesn't have to take a pin because it's over the top too, as well, right? Hmm. You could do something where you take a bump over the top. Road doesn't have to go like flying over. He can just take the brother of all brother bumps like you know dr luther did in aw (laughs) um but uh but yeah bar barbarian was cool i always like barbarian but i just felt like come on at least give dp someone start you know on a little higher on the ranking charts yeah yeah
2: cool and then in our main event star what's your star
3: rating no uh star and a half
2: exactly okay all right the giant Against Sting. This was really fun. Sting basically said, okay, the Giant's not as good as Big Van Vader, (laughs) but I'm going to do my Big Van Vader match with the Giant. You know, Sting's never say die. He keeps coming back, coming back, coming back. All this great, like, big man stuff from the Giant. Sting sells. Then he fires up again, comes at him. So the crowd is never on its uh, on its hands it's oh there's always something going on with sting to get the crowd Mm -hmm. excited and then you have this side piece of lex luger and jimmy hart handcuffed together i didn't remember that being the stipulation i don't even know if they mentioned it uh, on the show uh so the whole thing is you know jimmy's trying to help the giant and lex has a relationship with jimmy but his buddy is sting so he's trying to you know trying to keep things even so much so that the Giants about to give Sting a choke slam. At first, the Dusty Rhodes almost died. He thought it was going to be on the on the cement floor. <laughs> uh, but it was going to be on the table. But Lex puts Jimmy on the table so that he can't. He's not going to choke slam Sting onto his manager. So, uh, so they go this back and forth. And then they're on the apron. They're tussling on the apron. Sting's hitting stinger splash after stinger splash. And uh, finally, Jimmy's trying to throw the megaphone in the ring. Lex has the megaphone. The, everything up to this point was really good, except this part. And the problem with this part is Lex Luger's um, left forearm is the size of Jimmy Hart. And so struggling with Jimmy Hart to to defend him with this uh, this megaphone... Uh, you know, Bobby Heenan and Dusty are calling it, or Dusty's basically calling, you know, Lex a fraud. So if Lex was trying to make this look really bad, he did a really good job, uh, because he basically pulls the, the, uh, the megaphone and hits Sting in the head with it. And, uh, Sting takes the bump and he loses the match and the giant wins. And we get a 10, a little bit over 10 minutes strong first. Title defense from the Giant. Uh, I thought I thought both guys looked awesome in this match, especially because the Giants, like, what was that? Like, his, like, fifth match ever or something like that?
3: I mean, I think he had a few more. But, yeah, I think, yeah, he's still a very, you know, his rookie year. It was a fun match. Crowd was into this match because, you know, they finally seen a guy they like, Sting, and they see the star. I just think the ex execution of the finish was... Just poorly done. Maybe they could have walked through it a bit. Yeah. Like Sting could have been positioned. Like you have to have him positioned this way. So when, you know, Hart jumps on the – it should be like bang, bang. Hart jumps on the apron. Luger jumps on the apron, stops him, and then pulls quickly, yeah, pulls exactly. the the megaphone out of Jim Hart's hand. And at the same time, he swings back, and there's Sting's head should be close by to where he gets nailed
0: because sting, sting
2: has the giant in the scorpion scorpion yes yeah and so sting's not even really near where they are so he's kind of gotta stand up a little bit and lean forward in order to get in distance of being hit so uh yeah it was it, i don't know why they were on the apron so early and pulled out the megaphone so early it was like at least 20 seconds too early before they actually went to the spot so it was like a struggle for twenty seconds, and time stood still while this was happening until they finally got to the end. Dishes just had stint, like when Luger
3: put Jimmy Hart on that table, which was just randomly out there, by the way. Yeah, unless Flair came out during the main event, was Public there. Enemy? Maybe,
2: maybe they had a couple that
3: they no, were planning on using. I saw one of the secure. I think Doug Dillinger was sleeping over there or something okay. like that. Like, <laughs> but it would been kind of cool if like. The Giants still just slam Sting on both Luger and Jimmy Hart. And they're both yeah, out. They're both and out. then it can kind of, that could have led, you know, Sting could have been hurting, going to the, gets a little momentum and, you know, fires up and has kind of a little extra soon after that fires up from that. But then like the, the injury of the, but they had to do some kind of speed to be the finish because Sting can't probably at the time, you know, it's not looking to do clean jobs. So, yeah, but um, yeah, it was what it was, but um I'm saying the match, though, it was fun.
2: Three stars. Three and a quarter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you and Dave were right on the money with this show.
3: Yeah, it's pretty. This was a god, a lot of the show was just just the crowd was so out of it. I felt like they weren't really there. Like it was the the Thunderdome it's, crowd.
2: Nitro has been better than both of these actual pay-per-views that these fans have to pay for.
3: But I think, well, as I remember, well, at least next couple months, we're in for a better better run with pay-per-views hog wilds a whole yeah. that's a whole thing yeah we'll get to that when we get to that though
2: yeah i'm i'm enjoying this man uh i i i haven't like we you know we were doing this in the raw 97 i'd seen some of it i hadn't seen all of it i hadn't seen it all week to week similarly here i was kind of in and out you know if hogan was out a lot of times i was also out like if i knew he was going to be away i was just going to be out but you know i'm you know, I'm I'm just about to turn 20 at this time. So I'm in college and, you know, doing college stuff. And wrestling is, you know, wrestling is, is still somewhat a priority, but I'm not watching all, like, all of it. So it's so fun to go back and watch this stuff, especially. In it, and this is what I really like about it, which is, you know, because we have AEW, and you can see a lot of the WCW 96 influences in AEW today just, just by re-watching this stuff.
3: Yeah, and that's weird, too, is I'm still, I'm more into it than you are, and I'm still watching, not only Nitro, I'm still watching WCW Saturday Night, WCW Main Event. I don't think I officially get out of watching WCW Saturday Night, like, like weekly until early 97, when I realize, you know, because I remember the NWO was doing their own, like, segments on, like, Saturday Night with the, Dick Patrick with the, Referee mask is <laughs> it, it, it was black and white, and yeah. they were doing some wacky stuff. So yeah,
2: yeah. Well, all right. We will be back next month with, with the Great American Bash. We uh we have some longer nitros to watch. No, this next one is ninety minutes. It's not sixty; it's ninety. And then in a couple of weeks, they go to two hours. Actually, I'm not exactly sure when they go to two hours, but I know it's coming. Like real soon, it's coming. Mm-hmm. The two hour show. Yeah. So a little bit a uh, mo- little bit longer of, of a watch for us as we do our research, but you know we got through the almost the first half of of the year with with some sixty minute shows, so that was cool.
3: And now there's less gaps between now there's no gaps between pay per views so we'll be back sooner with our next review because we have Gray McBash not too far off. I think only about three or four shows away, maybe.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so that is it from here. Uh, we hope that you are enjoying re-watching WCW 96 with us, so for John LaRocca, I'm Double G, we will see you when we see you, peace, out